Each week, I share with you my tagline that I help corporate executives and high-level career professionals to maximize and monetize their personal brand online so they can stop being the best-kept secret and become known and paid for their expertise. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how you can become known through podcasting and paid through developing or creating your own online course. I believe that podcasting and creating your online course go hand in hand, and I'm looking forward to the information that's going to be shared because I haven't created my own online course, but yet I have my podcast. And so I'm looking forward to this episode because I'm going to be implementing the things that my guest today is going to share through her valuable content that she's providing in this episode. Welcome to another live episode of the Maximize Your Brand podcast with Marquise Brayton. So excited to be with you today as I am each and every week. And you know, we have had some heavy hitters during this month of episodes. And this week, I wanted to share someone with you who really can speak to how do you take your skills, your expertise, your experiences, and turn that into an online course to build maybe some side income, or maybe it is one of the line items in your overall profitable business. So my guest today is Miss Melissa Guller. Miss Melissa is a course creator, podcast producer, and the CEO of Wit and Wire, where she helps online business owners build their authority and reach a wider audience through podcasting. She's produced multiple top 50 podcasts, hosted over 100 podcast episodes, and her podcast, Everything is Teachable, topped the charts as the number two career podcast in America. And so we're going to welcome her to the podcast. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Maximize Your Brand podcast. Yeah, huge. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. So I just gave a brief bio of who you are based on the information that was sent to me, but I always like my guests to kind of come in and share a little bit more information about themselves that many people probably would not know. Well, I often joke that nobody really knows what I do for work. It's like Chandler for friends. Nobody ever knew for 10 years what he did. But I create online courses that help other people launch their podcast, just as you shared. And I think something that is not really in my resume is the fact that I got into teaching and having my own online business just by saying yes to opportunities. I was teaching in-person classes here at General Assembly New York. I was teaching Excel classes because I'm a giant nerd. I love spreadsheets. And after class, somebody came up to me and said, hey, do you do tutoring? And I said, sure, let me get back to you with my rates. 
And then I went home and I furiously Googled rates and then I came up with something and I emailed them the next day. And that was the start of my journey as a business owner. Somebody asked, do you do consulting? I said, sure, let me get back to you with my rates. I started to get more questions and I kept just saying yes to opportunities. And then after kind of working both professionally for bigger full-term or full-time employees like Teachable, I had so much knowledge, I think, about online business and how to help other people earn money online. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I founded Wit & Wire two years ago to help more online business owners launch podcasts because I really do believe it's a great way to build your business and get your name out there. I like that name, Wit & Wire. How'd you come up with Wit & Wire? It's funny, not many people ask me about that, but I knew at the start, I wanted to talk about podcasting. So I wanted it to have a little bit of a nod to communication, but my people are course creators, business owners, coaches, and I wanted to really reach them and have it be bigger than just podcasting. I knew I wanted to talk about online courses and bring more of my knowledge to the table. So I decided Wit & Wire could be a great name to kind of combine what do you know and what is a way to share it. Very nice. And so, of course, podcasting, online course as a personal brand strategist and a online business coach, this is definitely a topic that I'm always excited to talk about. And I hope that many of my listening audience will get great value out of today. And so talk to us a little bit about your experience when it comes to really helping others to identify, you know, what should I be doing my potential podcast or online course on? I think the biggest missed opportunity I see here is that when I ask people, what's your podcast about? They only give me a topic. They'll say, oh, it's about cooking, yoga, real estate. But the piece that's missing is the listener because a podcast about yoga for teens is very different from yoga for hip pain. And I think if you don't have that second key element, it's going to be really hard for your listeners to know if the podcast is for them. Ultimately, when somebody finds your podcast, your online course, your business, that's really what they're asking in their head is, is this for me? So you have to figure out a way to very clearly tell them very quickly if you are in fact for them. So when it comes to figuring out the topic, I think that that's obviously the first piece. And you can ask yourself, is this part of my business? And since that's what we're talking about today, I think that most of the listeners tuning in probably want something that would be tied into your business. Now, whether it's about strategies and tips or about bringing other people on and interviewing them, the format I think is a little bit in flux, but I imagine there should be some kind of tie to your professional skill. Very similar to how you started your podcast. How did you pick your topic, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. So when I got started, I was primarily marketing myself as a speaker. And so I picked my topic based on what did I want people to hire me for to come and speak on personal branding, personal development, um, things around uh, self performance or self improvement. And so I have had different iterations over the years. I started out, it started out as the shift your life podcast. And then I got a cease and desist because somebody <laughs> trademarked it, shift your life. And so then I ended up going to, uh, the School of Purpose podcast. And then I went to just having my name on the podcast. And then this last iteration, which now is the Maximize Your Brand podcast, I was like, okay, well, what is it that I truly want to help people do? What is it that I truly love talking about? And I love personal branding because what it does, it really helps me to also teach on personal development because how can you have a profitable 
uh, marketable personal brand without self-awareness. And so I landed on maximizing your brand so I could teach people not only about how to unearth the, the best qualities of who they are, but then how do you leverage that to build a business around you? I think that's so smart. And I love two things that you said. One, that you picked a topic that you wanted to be seen as an authority in. Having a podcast is a huge sign of authority. Even just having the show, you'd be surprised. You put five episodes out and all of a sudden people will come calling your name. Yeah. I've had students launch podcasts and in less than two months, they've been getting speaker invites to in-person conferences when those were around, now virtual summits. It yeah. really is incredible. And I also like that you mentioned that your name and your concept have evolved over time. Mm -hmm. I think that getting things right in episode one is something that holds a lot of podcasters back. They're afraid of choosing the wrong name, the wrong topic, the wrong everything. But I really believe that the successful shows are the ones that go into it and they see it as a learning opportunity because the more episodes you put out, the more you'll learn about what you like to talk about, what listeners enjoy hearing. And I think it's healthy to grow as your podcast and your business grow. So if anybody was worried about that, like, do I have to have the exact perfect name or concept? I would say instead, just pick what sounds good for the next three months, what works for me right now. And if you're really stuck, choose your name, like using your own name for your podcast. I think that that was a great versatile choice. Yeah. And so with this particular iteration, that's why I kind of included the two, a name kind of for the podcast with Markeith Braden, because it allows me to be synonymous and correlate to what the topic that I really enjoy talking about. So that's great. And so when we're thinking about, okay, we, we kind of are evaluating what topic we want for our podcast or for our course, how do we determine one or the other? How do we determine, well, should I go the online course way or should I, you know, just focus on podcasting and becoming known for that thing in which I'm always talking about on my podcast? I think that's a great question. I think it could go either way, but I'm going to recommend who I think each could be a fit for. Okay. I would try podcast first. If you're exploring ideas for a business and you're curious to hear what has legs, I would imagine that this person probably has income coming in already for some other source because earning money from a podcast doesn't just happen overnight. Right. And I think the benefit to going podcast first is that if you really are a little bit stuck on that topic or what is your service, what's the thing that people are gonna pay you for, starting to put out podcast episodes I think is a great way to explore different options. On the other hand, if you are trying to earn money, if you're trying to start a business, I think it's smarter to start with a course. And mm. specifically, I think it's smart to figure out what will people pay me for pretty much immediately. Like what can I start earning money doing right away? And maybe down the line, then you realize that a podcast is the right way to start marketing your business. But I think that if that's the focus, I want to build a business, I would start in the direction of coaching and courses. Podcasting to me is more exploratory in terms of your topic. Yeah, I think that's good advice because, you know, that's where I started, even though I was doing some speaking at schools and some universities and even some corporations. Coaching was a easy access type of opportunity for me to get into and i remember when i got my first client i was like it was amazing like you're actually going to pay me <laughs> to you know to start coaching you because it was my first client and you know it was not as a high barrier to to get in because you're teaching 
around your expertise. You're helping people based on your own experience. So I think that's great. So as we think about that and we, we we're determining, determining our to, uh, topic and then we are you know, considering online course or podcasting, what are some questions that we should ask ourselves to kind of dig a little deeper on determining what that ideal topic would be not only for the person who's creating the online course or the podcast, but the ideal topic would be for the people who we believe we would be serving or creating the information for. What are some of those questions that would help us to dig a little bit deep instead of just pulling something out of the thin air? I think that there's a book I would recommend called Finding Your Element, which I loved. And one of the concepts I remember from that book is that there's this intersection of what are you really skilled at? Maybe what do people already ask you questions about? Are you the go-to person in your office or your friend group for something? Those are things that you're very skilled at. Now, there's also an area of things that you enjoy doing. And there are probably some things that you might be skilled at that you don't actually particularly enjoy. And if you're going into the business, just taking advantage of an opportunity that you already don't really feel is your sweet spot, that's gonna cause issues down the line. You aren't gonna feel, I think, as invested in the work and you're gonna burn out. And then the third area is what is there demand for? What are people willing to pay me for? And as important as I think it is to self-reflect on what is in the middle of that intersection, I think it's equally important to actually talk to other people. So let's say you decided today that you were in my shoes. You wanted to help people launch podcasts. What I would do is just put out a note to friends or family or my small network, no matter how big or huge or tiny it feels to you, you still have a network and ask, hey, I'm thinking about doing a service on this or a course on this. I'm looking for just a few people to talk to who are interested in launching a podcast. You could even offer to you know, give them a Starbucks gift card for their time. To be clear, you're not pitching them anything. The goal is just to learn from them to figure out what their pain points are because ultimately that's what people are paying for. They're looking for solutions to their problems. So you have to figure out what is the problem that you're solving instead of just what is the topic that you wanna discuss. That's so good, you know, because a lot of times we don't really do enough of that digging deep. And I like what you said, you know, what are you solving? Because if you really can unearth what it is that you're solving, then you it really helps you to, to develop what, the topic should be in the course or what your topic should be for your initial shows of your podcast. And so really when you do that work of knowing what the pain points are, knowing what it is that you're solving for other people, you really begin to be able to brainstorm more clearly on what those topics, those episodes, or those uh, course modules really need to be. And I'm using them interchangeably because I think that I may not have really considered until today how really related they can be if you have a podcast and and an online course because literally you could take your episodes and and probably create a whole online course just from podcast episodes uh, based on some of the conversations that you had and, and be able to put those in your online course. Definitely, there's a huge overlap. And then I think a question that often comes up is, well, then what are people paying for? Mm -hmm. Is there a limit to how much I should be giving away for free? And I am not here to give an end-all be-all answer because I've seen so many different strategies. 
some business owners deeply believe that you should basically give it all away for free because yes. the reason people will pay you is either to do part of the work for them in the form of consulting or a service, or in the case of a course, people are really paying for the shortcut to an outcome. Like people ask me all the time, can't they just Google how to launch a podcast? And I say, sure. Do you want to spend hours doing that, sifting through outdated blog posts with bad strategies, comparing all the tools that I've already put hours into, and you could just spend two minutes reading my recommendations instead? So make no mistake, people are not just paying you for knowledge, they're paying you to save time. So that's ultimately what they're paying for. I will say one other strategy that I like in terms of what is paid versus free is sometimes using the lens of, are you telling them what needs to be done or how to do it? Like in a podcast episode, I might talk about the importance of doing something for your show or building an audience. But then if you want the actual step-by-step -step strategic breakdown or me sharing my screen and actually getting into a demo mode, that's going to be something that's gated in the course. So maybe one of those two mindsets can be useful. So since we're in this digital age now and, and so much is online, we've just uh, gone through a pandemic and everybody was starting something everywhere. Uh, would you say that, you know, online course development or podcasting is oversaturated today? Oh, I love this question. And I think that they're a bit separate courses and podcasts. So when it comes to podcasting, I think in a good way, podcasting is very buzzy right now. Everybody is talking about podcasts, which can make it feel like everyone has a podcast. Mm -hmm. But as of April 2021, that's pretty recent. That's the last time I looked up this stat. Apple announced that they had 2 million active podcasts. Mm. And at first that sounds like a large number, but if you dig a little bit deeper, 44% of those shows don't have more than three episodes. And in fact, many of them have only one. And so either those shows never fully got off the ground or they're brand new, but a lot of them have pod faded. That's the term in the industry, pod fade, when you don't make it past your first few episodes. And I do think there are a lot of pandemic casualties. But if you contrast that number, 2 million podcasts, let's be generous, let's count them all, against the, I think it's 600 million blog blogs that are out there. So 2 million versus 600 million. Then the number starts to feel a lot smaller. So podcasting is getting almost an unfair amount of conversation relative to the actual number of podcasts out there. So it's definitely not too saturated. I wouldn't worry one bit about feeling like you're too late to podcasting. I don't believe that's true at all. I legitimately think 2021 is the best time to launch a podcast because we're at the intersection of people knowing how to listen to podcasts. Even two years ago, I had to include instructions on my website, like how to tune into my podcast. But now people know there are enough podcasts that people talk about it, but there aren't so many that you can't still join. So I really think it's a great time. And when it comes to online courses, that industry is booming. I worked at Teachable for four years, which is an online course platform anybody can use to build and sell their own online courses. And we saw every single year that I was there, the numbers of online courses just continued to rise. And not only that, but the sales, the dollars sold by our creators also went up. So it wasn't just more courses existing, but also more sales coming in. So I don't think that that is stopping anytime soon. If anything, I think the pandemic has opened people's eyes to the amount that you can learn online, the amount that you can sell online. So there's demand. It's just a matter of figuring out what, again, is that problem that you solve and then figuring out if a course versus a coaching option could be the right offering. Yeah. I appreciate those those numbers. It's good to know that I'm not in that 44%. I have over 
200 episodes. I've been going strong ever since 2015. So I'm I'm still there, still hanging in there. So I appreciate Yeah, it's just truly moments. amazing. I mean, 200 episodes is no small feat. So a huge congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about strategy. Okay, I have my online course. Um, I have my podcast. I'm marketing. I'm, I'm getting in front of people. I'm getting in people's ears. You know, what are some strategies in 2021 that we can do to market ourselves or to get more listenership or to, you know, trans convert listeners to buyers? This is, of course, a huge topic, something that's very important to all of us business owners. And I'll just say first that if you don't have a podcast and you don't have a course, I know we talked about this earlier, Mm -hmm. I would not recommend trying to do both at once. I would definitely pick a lane and invest at least, you know, a quarter just kind of investing in that. I think one of the reasons I've been successful as a business owner is because I've stayed focused and not Mm. tried to do everything. And I say no to way more things than I say yes to. John Lee Dumas, follow one course until success. Follow Mm -hmm, one course until success. One more time. Follow one course until success. (laughs) I have my own version of that, which is that I only buy a course if I think I'm going to be a testimonial. Wow. That's That's my goal. Like I don't enroll unless I think I'm going to be on that person's sales page as the woman who excelled and made it happen. And that helps me see if it's right for me and if it's right for me right now. Because a lot of courses could be right for me in two years, but they're not right for me today. Say so that one more I, time. I only buy a course. I only buy a course if I think I'm going to be the testimonial on that sales page. Wow. That's a tweetable. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. It's all about the tweetable these days. Yeah. Got to get the sound bites in. As a podcast host, I know better than anyone. If you can't say it in 10 seconds, don't even say it. Nice. Nice. <laughs> hey, just popping in real quick to say two things. Thank you for listening to the Maximize Your Brand podcast each and every week. And number two, I want to let you know that I am offering a brand new program called Laser Coaching with Markeith Brayton. I know you have dreams. I know you have aspirations and things that you want to do. And sometimes you just need a little bit of accountability to get you moving in the direction that you desire to go in. I can remember back in 2014, when I first got laid off my job, I had a decision to make. Was I going to pursue my dream or was I going to go back to the nine to five rat race that I just did not enjoy? And the only thing that really helped me to make that decision was that I invested in myself and got coaching. And that coaching was tremendous in my making the decision to keep going and pursuing my entrepreneurial dream of becoming a professional speaker and a digital personal brand coach. And today I want to make that same offered opportunity to you that if you're ready to move to your next level, if you're ready to learn how to leverage your personal brand for a business, then this opportunity is great for you. Laser Coaching with Markeith Brayton. It's a three-month time frame where you get up to 15 to 30 minutes unlimited laser coaching. But there is one caveat. You have to make sure that you finish the homework from each coaching session before you schedule a new one. And once again, it is for a 90-day time frame and it's unlimited coaching 
15 to 30 minutes. You can schedule as many as you want, as long as you do your homework in between the sessions before you schedule your next session. So if you are interested in laser coaching and this offer, I want you to go to markeithbrayton.com forward slash laser coaching. That's markeithbrayton.com forward slash laser coaching. And let's move you in the direction that you want to move in because sometimes you just need a little bit of accountability to help you along the way. I look forward to seeing you signing up for Laser Coaching with Marquise Brayton. So let's get back to the question about how to build your audience. I think one of the biggest um, misconceptions about building your podcast as a business owner is that you should only try to promote the podcast itself. So if you have a podcast in a different genre, let's talk about true crime. That is a world of strategy unto itself. That is a cult-like world following. There's so many true crime podcasts and there's a lot of strategies that you can borrow and I'll talk about a few, but generally they are not trying to drive business to their services, to their business, to their course. And so the strategies that they're using to get more listeners are different. As a business owner, I would say the top ways that I've built my own podcast audience have been number one, through partnerships. So coming on here, being a podcast guest, being a summit speaker, posting as a guest blogger. You can, of course, speak in in in-person events, meetup groups. You can collaborate on social media. The scale will vary, but partnering with other business owners, I think is huge. And it's not about somebody who has the same topic as you. Mm -hmm. It's about finding somebody who has the same audience. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important to consider. I'm not necessarily going on lots of podcasts about podcasting. I go on a few. But when I look for shows to collaborate with, I'm looking for people who talk to online business owners because those are my people. And then the host and I have complementary skills and we can both bring something to the conversation, which I think makes it more fun for everybody. So that's number one. Number two is finding an organic source of growth that works for you. For me, it's actually been Pinterest. I don't know how many bloggers are you know, transferring those skill sets to their podcast. If you happen to have a blog, maybe you are familiar with Pinterest strategies, but if you are in the space of anything related to food, health and wellness, online business, fashion, there are a few others that are huge with Pinterest and that has been a huge source of traffic to my podcast. So those are two. And then the third is maybe the most unexpected, which is that I often just promote my business first and then I tell people I have a podcast. So in the first two strategies, you know, I'm talking about me having a podcast, especially on Pinterest, I'm pinning specific episodes. But for most of my business, the way that I've built my audience is through paid ads to a free masterclass or a free opt-in or something else on my site. And then let's say you attend my masterclass or let's say you have found a free resource on my site. Afterwards, I tell you, hey, by the way, I have a podcast. I think you would enjoy tuning in. And then throughout my regular email communication or my social media posts, I'm consistently talking about the fact that I have a podcast. But it's not that I'm leading with the podcast itself. And I don't think that that strategy is being utilized enough. Even if you're a business owner, you have your own website, the podcast should be accessible. I know that sounds pretty obvious, but I go to a lot of hosts' websites. I can't find their podcast. Or on top of that, I can't figure out how to listen to the podcast. So they tell me they have one, but there's no button that says, you know, here it is on Apple or here are my latest episodes. So those are some small things to consider is just thinking bigger. It's how do I 
build awareness for my brand, your expertise? How do I build awareness for my brand and my business? And then once I have people, how do I tell them I have a podcast at the right time so that I can continue building that relationship? Whether it's saying, here's the podcast or in your email evergreen sequences, if that's a familiar term, in your regular newsletters. It's not just about sharing your new episodes, it's about sharing your past episodes because it's such great value. And think about what you put for your show 10 episodes ago. That could have been an incredible episode, but if somebody is finding you today, they might not know about it. So it's up to us as the hosts to really curate that experience and continue putting content in front of people. And in business, they often say it's easier to sell to an existing customer than to find a new one. And I think the same is absolutely true about podcast listeners. I think it's easier to increase your downloads if you put more episodes in front of active listeners instead of only focusing on finding new listeners. That's so good because one of the things I did this particular month is that I actually did not do any new episodes. So all of my interviews that I did this month are actually for the next month, which really puts me about a month and a half ahead uh, for my episodes. But what I did was I communicated with my audience what I was going to be doing during this month and literally just repurposed older episodes. You know, I did go through and make some edits and updated it, which you can do with with podcasting if you're very intentional about your recording. And it has been great, you know, because people have not really listened to those episodes uh, today because they probably may, may have even been recorded last year. But one of the things I'm very intentional about with my recordings is that most of the information typically is very evergreen, meaning that it still applies today, even if it was a conversation that we had last year, because that content is still content that will work in online business today, in addition to maybe adding some things to that particular audio. And so I think that's great that you share that you can really repurpose content that you recorded because people who may started listening to your podcast today may not know anything about those previous episodes, right? They probably don't. I think we overestimate how familiar people are with our content because Mm -hmm. we're so close to it. So we know it feels like all we do is talk about podcast microphones. That's all I feel like I talk about is podcast microphones. And I get asked about it every single day, which just reminds me that somebody is new to me every single day. Right. And so that's how I figured out what I need to do early on into a new subscriber joining my email list is I need to send them that resource because that's what they're asking for. Now that podcast episode is probably a year old at this point. And I make sure that the resources linked are up to date, but right. that episode is evergreen, just as you're saying. And I think a lot of hosts or new hosts might be surprised to realize just how long your podcast content can last. Mm-hmm. For example, Instagram posts, They may take a shorter amount of time to create. And I think in the moment, it feels like, oh gosh, podcasting could take a lot of time. Putting together this interview, preparing, releasing it, that takes more time than putting a post out on social media, but it will benefit you for a significant amount of time. I have people listening to episodes of mine that are three or four years old. And I'm sure that you have found that too for your podcast. People are just finding the archives. So I think it's a good investment to share your knowledge in the form of a podcast episode for people to continue to learn about you and your expertise. That's so, so good. Such great information, you know, because we have all of these different tools that are available to us. We just have to choose ones that 
we feel like will be best fit for the business and the lifestyle that we're really, really trying to build. And so I thank you for for those strategies. And so as we, you know, prepare to come to a, a close of this particular episode, you know, that 30 minutes sometimes can go by so quick, but I try to keep them uh, around about 30 minutes. What should a person do now? I've determined my topic. I've identified my pain points. I, I know my audience. I think podcasting is going to be my thing to kind of promote my business, promote an online course uh, that I have. What should I be doing now? Should I invest myself into all of the different podcast equipment? Should I start maybe just by being on others podcasts and then using that audio as opportunity to market myself? What should I do? A great question. I do think that being a guest on other people's podcasts can be a little bit of a warm up to having a show, but at the same time, it's very different because being interviewed is very different than being an interviewer or then going solo on your podcast or having a co-host. No matter the format, it's going to feel slightly different. So I would say being a guest can help you kind of explore your own expertise, figure out what questions a host might ask you about that. But if you know you want to have a podcast, what I would recommend instead is to get out either a real or a virtual piece of paper and see if you can come up with 20 to 30 episode topics. Mm. Because if you can't come up with that many hypothetical topics for your podcast, it might not be a big enough topic. It could be that you just need to do a little bit more research. It could be that maybe you don't have enough interest in the topic or you need to broaden it. But just that five-minute exercise, I think, pays for itself in time. So that's what I would recommend. I would say try to think of 20 episode topics. You can also do a little bit of Googling. Try to think like a listener. What are they searching for? Again, we've been talking about solving problems. Mm -hmm. What problems could you solve in episodes? What are the mini problems that you could solve? You're not going to solve their entire big picture, what they would pay you for a course kind of problem. But it's those small things along the way. Like maybe you have an example. What are some of the first questions that people ask you when they come to ask about your business? That's good. That's good. You know, one of the first questions is really is how do I get started? Mm hmm. Right. And so there's there's an episode. There's even a course module. How to get started with blank and giving your own personal experience, because here's here's what I've come to understand, even in the online space, is that really what we are buying or listening to or being coached on is that person's process. What helped them get from A to B? And a lot of times we take that, a lot of times many people can take that as scripture per se, as the authority. When in all actuality, there are multiple ways to getting to a particular destination, right? And so we have to really even pay attention to who we're connected to based on alignment and based on their story because everybody has a different process. Everybody has a different way of doing things. And just because Melissa does it this way and, and coaches and teaches people this way and gets a result, it doesn't mean that Marquis's way in getting you to the result doesn't work. It just means it's a different way, 
right? And I think that, and I bring that up because many times people who are wanting to develop a course or want to develop a podcast, they try to compare ways or compare creators or compare coaches when nobody necessarily has the supreme way. It's just that they have found success in doing it the way that they've done it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Totally agree. I actually think that what you said about what people are buying is really important because people are not buying a course from you. They are buying a shortcut to an outcome. People want a six pack. That's the (laughs) outcome they're looking for and going to a gym and figuring out what works for them. That's the means to get there. Mm -hmm. But the strategies for different people are going to look different. And actually, I know this is hard because competition is everywhere. And if you go out and you seek are people teaching about this? Are they coaching about this? The answer is going to be yes. And hopefully you can start to reframe that mentally as a good sign because that validates demand. If people are willing to pay for somebody else's course on personal branding or writing a resume or real estate listings, that means that they could pay for yours too. And people are going to pay you for your signature method. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really powerful and wonderful that many people can teach on the same topic in different ways. Because when I started Wit & Wire, people were already talking about podcasting, not quite as much as today, but there were tons of courses. It's just that I felt that my specific combination of teaching experience and my belief in kind of simplifying tech and doing less instead of more and not having to be everywhere set me apart. So that was my take, that was my personality, and that's why people sign up. They sign up because they wanna learn from me And I know that they could choose anybody, but I believe there's plenty of room to go around. So just have faith that people will want to buy from you because of who you are and your experiences and the way that you do things. And I think that that's your greatest asset as a business owner is just quintessentially you and the way that you approach problems. Nice, nice. Just a couple more questions. And I know that this is one that crosses the mind of many small business owners, uh, individuals who may not necessarily be in the digital space or online marketing. And that is, you know, is there a particular type of business that should only be doing online courses or podcasting or can podcasting and creating an online course work for a lot of businesses? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't say this lightly. I really believe there's opportunity in pretty much any industry. When I was working at Teachable, I saw courses on marketing, motherhood, drone flying, witchcraft, watercolor painting, real estate, finances, truly everything. And I see the same in podcasting. And I really think it just comes down to what are you helping others accomplish? Mm-hmm. I think that it's it's all about that problem that you're solving, right? If you aren't giving a clear benefit to your listener, if you aren't giving a clear benefit to your buyer, it's gonna be hard to get the rave reviews that build traction, that have word of mouth starting to grow about your business or your podcast. And so I think that that's ultimately what's most important. It's not about if your business is online or offline or what your topic is or even what your background is. I think it's just about figuring out what problem can you solve in a way that really serves others. Nice. And so we've talked about strategy, we've talked about audience, we've talked about, you know, developing your course or podcast, we've talked about a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, many of us want to know, well, how do I make money? How do you make money, you know, 
podcasting or how do you make money by getting people to buy your online course? How do we make money? <laughs> yes. How do we make money? It's so important. And I think talking about money is also really important because mm. that we are running businesses, not hobbies. Right. So what I'll say for podcasting is that often when people come to me and they have money questions, they jump right ahead to how do I book sponsors? Mm. And I will be the first to tell you that unless your podcast has 5,000 to 10,000 downloads per episode, which by the way, is a top 1% podcast. That's a huge number. Unless you're there, the earning potential from sponsors based on standard industry rates is a lot lower than most people think. Okay. And I don't share that to be a downer. I just think it's important to be realistic because if your goal is to build up a big podcast with a lot of listeners so that eventually you can book sponsors and eventually earn money, it's going to take a lot of time and the right kind of fast growing topic to do that. Like true crime is the example I always use because those podcasts grow like wildfire. Mm -hmm. But as a business owner, let's say you have one service package that's $1,000. Or even if you sell something that's a more tangible right. physical product, doesn't matter the price point. Imagine you have 50 people tuning in. Doesn't feel like a lot. But if one of those 50 people purchases your consulting package or they purchase your physical product and they recommend it to a friend, that's how the momentum starts to build. So instead of thinking about your podcast as a revenue channel, I want to encourage more business owners to start thinking of it as a marketing channel where mm -hmm. you can use the advertising space on your show to talk about your own business. I know, Marquise, I've heard you do that really well with your podcast where you're not afraid to talk about what you're offering. Right. And I think that it's so important because people are coming to you for that authority that you've built up. And I know a lot of people are afraid to sell, but to reframe that, you probably have exactly the thing that solves your listener's problem. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't telling them about it, you're actually doing them a disservice because then you can't help them. You can't help them get to that outcome that they're looking for. So I would say utilize your podcast to talk about booking a discovery call with you, getting a 10% off coupon exclusively for podcast listeners, visiting your website to learn more about your products. Signing up for a free masterclass is the one that I often use for my podcast. There are so many different things that you can do on the podcast that are not a direct sell. And I wouldn't recommend doing a big infomercial. Choose a specific segment, whether it's the beginning or the end. Find the space that is the sale and then deliver pure value for the rest of the episode. And that's how you'll build trust over time. So treat it like a marketing channel, not a revenue channel. That's my biggest advice. Treat it like a marketing channel, not a revenue channel. Well, this has been a great conversation. I so appreciate you taking time out to talk to me about podcasting and uh, online courses and really how to, you know, build an online presence for yourself and for your business. And I always like to give all of my guests an opportunity just to close out with some parting words, just to encourage that person who, who is thinking about, you know, starting an online based business, starting podcasting, creating a course, you know, what would you say to encourage them today? You know, it's funny. I am a podcast host. And so for years, I've asked a lot of guests this question. And by far, the most common answer is just do it. But my advice is going to be a little bit different. I would say just trust that where you are today is not where you'll be in a year. And the best thing that you can do is to think a little bit shorter term, maybe than most people recommend, because it's impossible to predict where you're going to be in six months or a year because I really believe that the best business owners are the ones who are listening to their earliest clients, their earliest customers, their earliest listeners and students. So I would say just go into it open-minded, 
assume that you will adapt instead of worrying that you don't have it all figured out right from day one. And that's what I think will build success over time. Before we go, how can people get in contact with you and learn more about your offers? First of all, I would just say thank you so much to everybody who tuned, who tuned in. I hope that you learned a lot about podcasting. If you are interested in launching a podcast or you're curious if it's the right strategy for you, I do have a free masterclass called How to Create and Launch a Podcast in 60 Days Without Feeling Overwhelmed, where I walk through my full podcast launch playbook and I talk about the top three mistakes I see a lot of new hosts making. So you can save your spot for free at witnwire.com slash maximize your brand. Go save your spot for free at one more time. Nwire.com slash maximize your brand. Awesome, awesome, awesome. What an awesome episode this was. And once again, thank you for, for joining me for this episode of the Maximize Your Brand podcast. And also thank you for joining me today for this episode. I'm always encouraged, always inspired and motivated each and every week to bring you new guests and new episodes that I believe you find value in. And so thank you once again. If you've not subscribed to the Maximize Your Podcast with Markeith Brayton or Maximize Your Brand Podcast with Markeith Brayton, all you have to do is go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whichever one is your favorite podcast app and subscribe so that you will not miss an episode. I want to thank you for joining me today again. And until next week, just remember this, always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. Take care. Ooh, 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 ooh.